Before the latest episode of the Awards Radar Podcast, we're happy to bring you another episode of Shitsterpiece Theater, episode something or other, The Dark Knight Podcasts. We open on a darkened cell. The Joker is sitting there playing with a knife. Why he's allowed to have a knife in Arkham, we do not know. Budget cuts, probably. Batman is sitting in a chair next to him. For some reason, he's uh, keeping watch because also budget cuts. Their conversation goes something like this. Joker. Yeah. Have you been on good behavior? Oh, you know me. I do my best. Should we listen to a podcast? Oh, I'd love to. I actually heard about a real good one. Is it true crime? I really like true crime. No, no, no. This one's all about the awards season. It's called the Awards Radar. Do they nominate superhero movies? No, they still follow the trends of the actual awards season. But they intersperse their Oscar predictions with weird comedy segments, including random improvised movie pitches, as well as the hit sitcom Sugar and Spicy. Were any of their parents killed by a guy in an alley? To be determined, although the jury's still out on that Steve guy. Maybe he's Clayface in disguise. Could be. There's only one way to find out. We gotta listen to the Awards Radar podcast. Alfred, where can I listen to this podcast? (laughs) Nice to see you, boys. Sorry, but Alfred's not here. It's me, Mr. Freeze. If you want to listen to the coolest podcast, you can subscribe to the Awards Radar podcast at the following places, and they're all very chill. Apple Podcast and iTunes. Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, Anchor, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or wherever books are sold. Give us a five-star rating, and we'll give you a shout-out. Now get in the chopper, you idiot! It's not a tumor, it's a podcast. And it's cool. And some other reference to something cold, because I'm Mr. Freeze. All of a sudden, Batman swoops in during the recording of an Awards Radar podcast. Podcasters, Miles. Huh? What? What's going on? I'm Batman. Oh, hey, Batman. I couldn't tell from your gravelly voice. Fuck you. Uh, I have a, I have a bone to pick with you awards people. Yeah, yeah. How come you keep giving Oscars to people who play Joker? How about someone who plays Batman? Well, you know, when an actor playing Batman gives an Oscar-worthy performance, we'll be sure to take it under consideration. Also, it's not up to us. We just do the guesswork. I'm very busy with solving crime. I don't know how this works. Not like this. Not like this. I'm Batman. Good for you! (laughs) There it is. I know that guy. You're George Clooney. Did you see my bat nipples? Oh, hi, Val Kilmer. And scene. Exactly. Hey, everyone. And uh, coming to you virtually from the mountains of park city i don't know i'm very tired uh we're back at the awards radar podcast i'm joey having not slept here with miles say hi miles hi joey there we go yes it's really you right 
I don't know if I'm awake. It is, yeah. All right, cool. Steve. Hello, hello. And continuing to show his poor taste and how he spends his time, Mark Johnson is back. Good morning, everybody. We uh, we lucked out in that uh, the Cleveland Browns are not available. Oh, yeah. Listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was rooting for you. You tried. We, you we did our be, best. You could, couldn't beat Chad Henney. I got you. <laughs> listen, neither could the Jets when he was on the Dolphins. So, listen, I can't say much. Right. But, you know. Again, what everyone came for is uh, sports talk. But what they did come for is uh, some Oscar chatter and some Sundance chatter. So that's what we uh, shall be doing, followed by, uh, if you guys are good, episode two of Sugar and Spicy. Or maybe if you're bad. I'm not sure how we want to work that as a penalty or a reward. Miles, you wrote it. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's somewhere in between. All right. That makes sense. For me, it's a penalty. The, the extra hour and a half, of, it's definitely not joyful. Listen, you shouldn't have said out loud, it was your fault for saying, you know, a laugh track would be great. I, Knowing full I, well, you're the person who would do that. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it sounded it, great, though. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. The things I volunteer for. Are just... Yeah. All right. So we'll start off. Uh, Alan French tweeted, uh, I know Joey, that's me. Got some Sundance films in this week. What were his top five films of the festival? Does he think any have real Oscar potential? Um, yeah, I got some films in, as in, um, we're recording this on Sunday morning. I still have four to go, but I will be over 20 by the time we, uh, I wrap up the festival. So I'll just quickly kind of run through some of them. This will be fun just because Mark hates Sundance. So all these are going to sound like movies he has no interest in. (laughs) I don't, I don't hate Sundance. It's just, um, it's a festival that. I think you have to know what you're doing before you go into it. And I rarely know what I'm doing. That's true. Um, well, I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah is playing there. You would like that movie. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. That's true. Mark rarely knows what he's doing. That's <laughs> yeah. very, very true. I have the screener for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, but it's only good. It can only play on Apple products. And I don't want to watch it on my phone. So I'm holding out. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it won't work on your uh, TV. No, I couldn't get it to – it requires some kind of app that requires Apple product and my TVs are hmm. not Apple. So. I, have, I feel like um, – I was able to get mine yeah. to work on a Roku if you have one of those. I don't. I watched it on my TV. Already. Yeah, I have, I have the Fire Stick. And the uh, TV, ah, so. that, might be the, that might be the issue. Oh, yeah. Whatever. When we're not recording, maybe I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. Because I think, I think we can figure yeah, yeah. it out. All right. So here, I'll go through my list. Um, still to come, I uh, have today – uh, Mayday, which I don't remember what it's about. Jockey, which could be like an awardsy movie. Um, I think it's is it Clifton Collins Jr. plays like a jockey, and uh, Moises Arias is like his son. It seems like a, you know, like a joke of a drama. Like this is someone's pitch on like Entourage for a serious movie, but could be good. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is a Nicolas Cage movie, so make what you will there. And uh, Pleasure, which is about a Swedish woman who moves to LA to be in porn. That's one I think Mark would see, though. You you had you had me at porn. Yeah, he's like, wait, come come again. Uh, <laughs> the cast list is hilarious because it's you know the Swedish first time actress, um, several like first time actors and actresses, and like several porn people because I guess they shot in the real world. So it's just funny, to be like you know the new like prestige film from this Swedish filmmaker starring this person, this person, and Chris Cock. You're like, 
No. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, here. I actually got my email. Reminder, pleasure, world premiere tonight. Um, first of all, the director's name is Ninja, which is the greatest name ever for a director. So kudos that, to her. That's not the same Ninja from Die Antwood, is it? I don't. Uh, Ninja Thyberg? Would that be her or no? Oh, well, Ninja and uh, Die Antwood is a guy, so never mind. Okay, good. Thank Good, because that just reminds me of uh, Chappie, and that's not a good good memory. Well, that's what I was worried about. Yeah. So, seems like this could be... That could be interesting, or it could be just dirty, and Mark and I like it because we're creepy. Um, let's see. What did I see? I saw Searchers, which is terrible. It's a documentary about dating apps. Mm. So, it's just literally watching people scroll through Tinder and Bumble. Like, I can do that in my own time, because I do. <laughs> um crypto zoo for anyone who saw my entire high school sinking into the sea it's the same director um it's about like uh people who like crypto zookeepers so like you know uh, unicorns and shit like that um i didn't like my entire high school sinking into the sea it's like weird animation didn't do it for me so if you like it you will mark would hate it uh let's see john in the hole which is not a porn movie though john in the three three holes probably is (laughs) Uh, there we go. That was from Mark. Uh, this one, this one is one of those ones everyone saw and nobody seemed to like. It's uh, it's what I think we're gonna see a lot of now. Remember, like in the late '90s, every third movie was a Tarantino ripoff. Right. So it was like Go, and you know, every they were all like oddly named, but they all were like three stories and they tie in together and like Way of the know. Gun and stuff like that. Exactly. It was just like, what can be? Can we make like cool pop culture references while being violent? Um, John in the Hole is what I imagine is the first of the uh, Yorgos Lanthimos like fan fiction movies. It's uh, it's this like thirteen year old kid lives with his family. They're super rich. He's like out in the woods. He finds like an unfinished bunker that's a a hole in the ground. So he drugs his mother, father, and sister and dumps them there and just kind of like lives in his house alone. It's not great. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like something Lanthimos would have been like. Eh, can we get weirder? <laughs> um, we're all going to the World's Fair. It's about a teenage girl who gets like crazy because of an online role-playing game. It's like a metaphor for being alone in puberty. I, I didn't love it. A lot of people did. Uh, Wild Indian is a, a movie about a, a Native American who, as a kid, he was involved in like the murder of a classmate, and as an adult, was like dealing with the um, guilt. Again, didn't really like it, thought it was pretentious, but, you know, Mark's just, I'm confirming all of his biases about science yeah. right now. Yeah, basically. But I'm, I'm going in preference order, if it helps. You, I appreciate you being the guinea pig. Yeah. Um, here's one you'll probably end up seeing, Passing. It's a directorial debut of Rebecca Hall. Um, Tessa Thompson and uh, Ruth Nega are women who are passing mm. for white in, like, the... 30s, 40s, 50s. It's a, it's black and white. I'm unclear on the timeline, but it's you know at a point where you were not. It was not. Uh, wasn't cool to not be white. Let's put it that way. Um, very very well shot. Um, Edward Grau shot it. Um, they're both excellent. Bill Camp's in it. Alexander Skarsgård. It's a little oh. slow for me. Um, okay. But I think it's one of those ones that when it gets bought, it's going to be a pegged as an awards movie. Yeah. Um, Sensor is a, a movie for miles, for sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It's an, I saw like it, one picture and it's just a woman like covered in blood. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. tell me more. <laughs> it's about a film editor. It's about a film editor in England in the 80s during like the video nasties when like all the like gory direct to DVD horror movies would come out. Like the, uh, the most of them are, some of them are fake in the movie, but there are real ones. They're just like, you know. Texas Chainsaw was was tame by comparison. So she edits, you know, and decides whether they get the past or rejected. Mm. And uh, she sees a film by someone that like kind of makes her go crazy because she thinks she sees her like missing sister in it. It's uh, oh. it's interesting. Like she's okay. uh, the woman who directed it. I think could make a great horror film. This one was a, a fine one. You might have been you you might not dislike that one. Uh, First date. It's kind of like Adventures in Babysitting, like a sort of action comedy teen movie. Um, a kid want you know asks out someone on a date, needs a car, so he goes and buys like a, a shitty like sixty five Chrysler for like a hundred bucks. But there's a uh, something in it that gangsters and crooked cops and shit are all after. So <laughs> yeah, that is Elizabeth Shoeback. No, but it is that type of movie. Like if she showed up, you would you would not be surprised. There's no one like of note in this, but it's it's fun. Yeah. It's like a crazy. It's it's just weird enough to work. Um, the world to come is playing at the fest. If you didn't see that one yet, you will. That's the Vanessa Kirby, uh, Catherine Waterston, uh, lesbian, like, period piece. Okay. I can tell by your, I can tell by your reaction. You've definitely seen it. That's, wait, that's the one, that's the one with, uh, Christopher Abbott, I think that. Yeah, in case you have, like. Thomas was talking about, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, yeah it's pretty good. I saw it, at, like, I think Venice, and you know, I got a link for that, but I guess okay. it's finishing up its run. Um, not bad. Land is uh, Robin Wright's film she directed. It's kind of like her version of Into the Wild, her and Damien Bashir. Uh, very well shot. You might find it a little boring. I know I did, but it was also pretty well done. Okay. Uh, and now we're getting into the movies I liked. Not counting Judas, because I already saw it. Uh, How It Ends. I don't know if you've ever seen a Zoe Lister-Jones, Daryl Wayne movie like Band-Aid or Breaking Upwards. I don't think but, so. Yeah, they make like uh, indie Sundance comedies, but this one's about the end of the world, and uh, she's the star also. So they're how you spend like the last day, but it's a comedy as opposed to, you know, like a morbid drama or something like that. So it's her and like a younger version of herself, and they're just wandering around town, and they run into they run to everyone's famous. So like they run into Charlie Day and Fred Armisen and um, Bradley Whitford and Helena Hunt, Olivia Wilde. It's it's silly. You might like it. Um, on the count of three is Gerard Carmichael's directorial debut. That movie has an insane premise, which is he and Krista Rabbit are best friends who decide they're going to kill each other. And they just kind of like spend the day writing their wrongs. It's weirdly funny and like very dark. I, I really wish that the festival had happened just because, you know, the buzz would have gotten people to go see it without knowing what it's about. And I would just love to know what happens and like, sort of tamer audiences like sit down to this being like, Ooh, on account with a friend movie. What the, f- wait, what? <laughs> and cause it is kind of like a, like a Safdie brothers movie. Oh, but I, okay. it's like made for a 24. And then the other two things I really liked was street gang. How we got the Sesame street. It's a documentary about the making of Sesame street. Uh-huh. It's the Sesame street version of like, won't you be my neighbor? Yeah. That sounds so, good. If you want to revisit Mr. Hooper dying, Okay. And okay. yeah, and and so that it's it's so well done that scene. But also, there's outtakes of like Jim Henson and Frank Oz like 
like oh. just being being weird when they fucked up the take and it's great this is i don't know that why it was fun no not like mean but just like they would they would still be in character but they would be you know say the things that big bird couldn't say so like you know big bird reaching for the mail and like it takes too long so you just hear big bird go where the hell is it and there's something <laughs> amazing about big bird saying that or Bert and Ernie and one of them flubs a line and they just spend the next five minutes like mocking the other one about it. You know, Bert, I, I wish you could have come to the park with me today. It would have been fun. And and Ernie just like skips the line. So he's too far. So Bert goes back, you know, the, the line you said didn't make sense for what we were saying. And Ernie goes, yeah, but I thought my friend would have, you know, fixed that for me and we could have gotten, you know, through it. It's like it's all the like outtakes as if it was a real thing. It was very amusing. Oh, um, the talking heads, a lot of the old cast and yeah, the one some of the ones who are around, yeah, the people who are around are there. Um a lot of the focus is on John Stone the director and I don't remember if he's alive. It's it's his daughter's talking. Um there's some, you know, stock footage of of Jim Henson. It's good. It's an HBO doc, so I think it's going to just be on HBO soon. But that one was pretty good. And then the the best thing I've seen there is a movie I almost feel like Mark will never see. So I kind of wanted to get Oscar <laughs> attention because it's called Mass. Um, again, director of debut, Fran Kranz from Cabin in the Woods, the stoner oh, sure. from Cabin in the Woods, um, and like other Joss Whedon stuff, directed a movie. And it the the tagline is, years after a tragic shooting, the parents of both the victim and the perpetrator meet face to face. And it's two sets of parents talking about a school shooting where one of their kids killed the other one. Wow. It's, Jeez. yeah, it's a, it's a tough watch, but yeah. it is... So good. Also, I'd have a hard time with that. Yeah, the four actors are, you know, like it. it it's like if Carnage had been good. Yeah, I was just thinking um, that sounds a lot like like a more intense version of Carnage. Yeah. Um. The uh the kid who got shot, his parents are Jason Isaacs and uh, Martha Plimpton, and they're amazing. And the the shooter parents are Reed Burney and Ann Dowd. Oh well, you had me at Ann Dowd. Yeah, Love and it's Dowd. it's heavy. It's very yeah. heavy. But it's okay. it's exactly the kind of conversation you wish you had between like how did you not know and we love our son you know it's it's so well realized so I was I was kind of blown yeah. away by it but yeah that one that one's gonna need it that's the Oscar one to answer like Alan's question that's the Oscar movie of the group if it gets bought by someone who wants to spend the time like getting people to see it because Mark's reaction is the yeah. probably proper reaction yeah but that's that's the one. Tough material. Uh, yeah. Speaking of tough material, Oscar predictions. Mm. Remember when by now we would know like <laughs> I mean, 13 of the categories and be like, well, we're going in right. with 13. We know nothing. No, we know nothing. <laughs> um, I'm going to probably just like skip below the line because okay. I don't know. I feel like, I also don't feel like that's a thing you spend as much time on either. Yeah, I think that's something maybe when the guilds start weighing in, you get a little bit better picture for because it could it could go a variety of ways right now also like how many how many critics groups don't even do you know right production design or yeah so I, i'm not i i yeah. i don't go with any you know one oh the las vegas film critics society chimed in i guess greyhounds win in visual effects you know that's that's right. stupidity so cinematography I, is like the one below the line that the critics groups seem to add to their list but yeah yeah, what's, what's costume design, makeup? You don't get those yeah. too often. I mean, listen, yeah, because they're terrible categories this year. Also, <laughs> I mean, Borat. It's a an tough Oscar, year, man. Yeah, it could. 
Uh, here, we'll do cinematography if you want, just because that's the, the yeah, sexy one. That's always fun. Um, let's see. Um, I'm just looking at my list. I'm like, again, really thin. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you my 10, and I really feel like it's like a 7. So, 10 is Ammonite. Not going to happen. Yeah. 9 is One Night in Miami. I, they would have to love the movie, because it's, like, well shot, but also not what they nominate. Yeah. Feel free to disagree or chime in if you have a yep. competing take. Uh, eight is The Five Bloods. I mean, it, I, I was lower on it. Not that I don't like the movie, but I was lower on it below the line recently. Because yeah. I was on it high early. But, I mean, if they're going to go big for it, this could work. Newton Thomas Siegel, you know? And I think we'll get to this with the bigger categories, but I, I do think they're going to go big for it. I, I do have cinema, I do have um, The Five Bloods number five on my list. Um, I just recently uh, moved it up um, ahead of Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, um, which so. which is my number seven. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, also, again, like, would get in, but also is kind of getting in a little on, on just people liking the movie, though I think it's better shot than people give it credit for. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's, yeah. I think it's very well shot. Uh, six is Ma Rainey. Yeah. Again, sort of the same situation, even though I just interviewed the, the cinematographer, so... No, no, no slight on, on Tobias uh, Schlesler, um, who I didn't realize has made so many things. Like, I knew him as, like, Peter Berg's dude from, like, Lone Survivor, oh, okay. but did was did Dreamgirls. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Was, yeah, yeah. works with Bill Condon a bunch. Um, he did three movies this year. He did um, Ma Rainey. He did um, Spencer Confidential, which we won't hold against him. And, uh, and now he just did Palmer, the Apple movie. Oh, yeah. Is that Justin Timberlake? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's my five. So you have, you have the five bloods going in. Yeah. Uh, my five. five is Tenet. Because I, I think they're gonna go for Tenet below mm-hmm. the line still. Um, yeah. My four. It, my four is probably where we differ because my four is Judas and Black Messiah. So I have I had Judas and Messiah in the four five range. I have it at seven right now because I want to wait till I see it because the That's other fair. five that I have, I can bet on. But yeah. um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that one gets in just from the look of it. Yeah, and also Sean Bobbitt should be yeah, nominated by now. Of course. Um, and I, I feel like we're gonna have the same three, so it's just the order. Uh, three is News of the World. Two is Mank. One is Nomadland. So pretty similar. I like I mentioned, I have the Five Bloods five. I have News of the World at four, and I have Tenet at uh, three. So flipping those ones around. And then again, Mank at two and Nomad Lane at one. Yeah. Um, I just interviewed the Mank DP. That was oh, pretty cool. That's his um, first. Uh, isn't that Eric Messerschmidt's first film, too, as a cinematographer? I think it's his first feature as a cinematographer. Yeah, because I, I know he worked if you, I know he worked on Gone Girl, but not as the okay. DP. And he yeah. shot mine, some Mindhunter. So. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's why he's he's well, familiar with Fincher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for they sure. didn't didn't just find him, but you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's that's awesome. I, Mank would make sense as a winner. Yep. No Man Land could easily win, but I feel they just don't go that small usually with cinematography. So I, I'm. No, cinematography I, winners tend to be the ones that are a little flashier, a little yeah. more like grab yeah. you visually, and I think Mank sort of fits that bill for the contenders this year. Yeah, I mean ASC will be interesting just because I would be. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Nomadland, Mank, 
news of the world are probably in, you know, from a guilt point of view. So it's really where else they go. And then you de- then we have our annual debate of, is it just the ASC5? So yeah. when they pick a winner, I'll probably switch that to one. But until then, you know, it's, it's close. Yeah. It's definitely, um, it's definitely I, close I, between the two. Yeah. I think Ma Rainey and uh, Defy Bloods could be your yep. bottom, your four and five. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, there's still that little bit of of will anything Netflix wise suffer from volume? You know, will, are there still that people with that bias? But I don't know that's going to matter this year, just because the the lack of non streaming options might prevent you from being that guy or that girl. The, the five bloods had my favorite shot of the year with the uh, the five guys going through the club. The double yeah. dolly yeah. shot. Oh, I love that shot. Well, I think the Five yeah. Bloods is going to do well just because it uses like a variety of cinematography styles where mm-hmm. they're sort of flashing back and forth. And yeah. I think that'll give it a little extra leverage. Yeah. If they're if they're in that mood, yeah, because it kind of reminds me of like how Oliver Stone would get nominated for cinematography, almost no matter what his movie was. You know, like you don't think of JFK as like cinematography winner, but then you watch it and you realize, oh, wait, he's, they're doing like every single thing here. Is there? Do you think there's a foreign language film contender here? Like in the past, we've no. Had like, you know, I mean, I, I, Roma. And, I, yeah, Roma. but those are the those are the crossover ones. There isn't one. Like the closest one is another round, and and I don't think that's like a particularly visual movie. They I just, wonder. I wonder about La. Have you seen? I should never say this. La Llorona or whatever. I'm sorry. My I ha- I haven't. I have like. Yeah, it's the it's the like uh, not. It's not the it's um, yeah. It's not the spinoff from the Conjuring or right. whatever the fuck that they did. <laughs> right, not this is like the classy the foreign version. Yeah, yeah. Just I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very good. It is very good, and I when you see that, let me know what you think of its odds with cinema. Yeah, because I, I mean, listen, that's it was well shot. That's where like having predictions, you throw it in the top ten, and, and you never know who's looking. Like, yeah. um, well, it won NBR too. Um, yeah, yeah, for. For cinematography, so I I thought that gave it a nice little boost as well. Yeah, every little bit helps. I mean, if it starts hitting elsewhere, like if it gets into like Critics' Choice and things like that, then right, you know that it has the push. So yep. I'm Something curious how that works. Exactly. Yep. Um, What's the name get, of that one? La Llorona, or it's La, the like yeah. um, Latin ghost. It's like a demon, right? It's like a yeah. It's a type of yeah, like a, a nun or something. I, I forget. I just wanted to hear Mark speak Spanish again. <laughs> Damn you. You say you're saying Cleveland doesn't man. have a ton of uh, diversity Listen, there? I took Spanish from like fourth grade to like junior year. And on my honeymoon, when I went to Cozumel, I could speak un poco espanol there. And they loved yeah. me for it. But well, listen, very they were they were following they were following World War Two when we were very pro-America at the time. <laughs> right. Um, I seriously resist. do want to take down the name of that film. I want to check it out. Yeah, it's very good. La um, Llorona, L A space L L O R O N A. There oh, you go. Got it. Um, animated feature. Let's skip because it's basically just: uh, Are you on Soul or Wolfwalkers? Yeah. Yeah, it's a two horse race. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, and that's just—it's not super interesting. And I'm going Wolfwalkers. I'm Wolfwalkers too. I'm on Soul. I think, I think Soul is probably the no brainer, but I—I'm being a uh, rebel. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I I've I've flip flopped. I mean, I'm actually going to check my predictions. Am mm-hmm. I on Soul? I'm on Soul still. But um, what I yeah. will say is, uh, if Soul doesn't get a picture nomination, which I don't think it will, that's its opening. Like if it's in picture, it's not going to yeah. you know lose. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna have yeah, the international in... film issue. You know, 
the race is over if it's in another category. But that's for we'll sure. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about like the second or worst category there is, which is which is adapted screenplay. And we'll we'll go from the top because I think there's yeah. three there's three movies that are gonna get in for sure. There's one night in Miami and Nomadland, right? They're both in. Mm-hmm. One of them is gonna win. Okay. Okay. I probably think First Cow's getting in because it won New York and it they never pick a movie that doesn't get nominated for something and the category is trash and people love the movie. Um, not really you and not really I, but, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. people do. And then after that, um, my four and five are I'm thinking of ending things in News of the World. Okay. And I don't have News of the World in pictures. That's a damage for that. And I think it's my only nomination for I'm thinking of ending things and it's weird. So here's here's my six through ten. Ma Rainey has a chance, but you know, I don't think the script is the first thing people are thinking about. The father, which is like just tanking with awards so far. Pieces of a woman, Borat, and the Mauritanian. And anything after that is a is a real shot in the dark. So this is a tough category in quality wise. Uh, I was going to say, I think uh, I kind of agree with you on I'm thinking of ending things. I think people are going to vote for it more on Charlie Kaufman's name than whether or not they liked or even saw the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I feel like I can see Ma Rainey getting in if if there's like a, a general sort of sweep for it. And I feel like they're going to push it pretty hard if for Chadwick, if for nothing else. Um, so I could see it getting swept in just because, as you said, it is kind of a weak category. Um, that said, I wouldn't rule out Borat. <laughs> which sounds strange but you know this is the kind of year where it could it could seize on an opening like that well i mean it ha- i have it getting a below the line nomination and potentially winning an acting category so wouldn't be shocking right mark what's yours look like um so i i have no Land out in front at number one <clears throat> i went i actually have ma rainey number two right now and i'll tell you why um i think the bozeman there, there's a few actually um monologues in that film that are heightened by the great performances of Bozeman and um, the supporting cast. And I think that aids in the screenplay getting in because of the way, Mm. you know, you you add those great Mm. performances to the way those words are delivered and it heightens the words. Right. So um, especially if Chadwick's out front and Viola's contending as well. I mean, that's, I think it gets in. And then I have one night in Miami at three. I think those three feel like the three that are safe to me. Yeah, I have to get first cow in somewhere and it pains me. And I am between this or, or cinematography maybe even for it. But I, I, right now I have first cow at number four. Yeah. And then I'm between two for the fifth spot. And right now I lean the father, which might be my favorite screenplay of the year. Um, and Charlie Kaufman's thinking, I'm thinking of any things I have in the current six, but those two I'm back and forth on. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be either Nomadland or One Night in Miami. So I, I split them up because I have Chloe Zhao winning director. Spoiler for later. So I feel like One Night in Miami won't win nothing. It would be a weird choice, but you know we'll see. What did you have to say, Steve? Because I want to I want to power through a screenplay so we can get to the bigger categories. I have very similar to, to Mark all the same movies, but uh, the wrapping it up with I'm thinking of ending things, which I was just just wanted to say that. It could also be a sleeper cinematography. 
Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's the Cold War DP. Yeah. No, there's there's a chance. Um, The only thing I I think could ding Ma Rainey is, you know, the like stupid Oscar takes that like Feinberg posts every year. Just like, (laughs) oh, I'm I'm not voting for this because I didn't get a hand job from that actress in 1975. You know, it's always reasons that are ridiculous. But since, um, you know, if you don't wait, August Wilson, I thought he wrote this. Like, he didn't get credit for the script. You know, like that bad take could, uh, could dock it a vote or two just on people who don't know what they're talking about. I don't think it's enough to swing it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, they have to navigate people who don't understand that somebody could, you know, adapt the work while not changing the wording around particularly. That kind of, like, stupid thing. Uh, original screenplay is better. By far. In that I feel... I feel like there's 12 movies that I can narrow it oh. down to. Um, and most yeah. of them aren't going to happen, but I like having the like, yeah. you know, I'm with you. there's I'm a world. As well. Yeah. And we're going to have different, the different 12, which is what makes it fun. So we'll see. I'll tell you my, yeah, I'll tell you my 13 was tenant. Not going to happen. That's my 13 as well. <laughs> yeah. It, the the, the yeah. groundswell is not coming. Um, but yeah. you know, creativity. So my yeah. 12 is King of Staten Island. Gosh. All right. I, um, I don't think, again, I love it too. It's not going to happen, but, yeah. um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that's not going to be eligible at WGA, and Apatow does well there, so he's going to have a thing going in. So that's that's helpful. Yeah. Does it mean much? Probably not. But it's a thing. So, 11, I have Malcolm and Marie, just because, you know, if it's a two-hander, that's two people acting against each other, you get, there's a script. Yeah. And if the script is not particularly well-loved, but... At a certain point, if you like what the performance is, they're they're saying words that you have to be responding to. So I, I that's one of those ones where I, don't, I like if there's a surprise on the morning, it would be that. Uh, Ten, I have Sound of Metal. Nine, I have Soul. Eight, I have Mank. Wow, really? Yeah. Interesting. So. If you want to talk about that for a second before we go higher, are you you're higher on on the late Jack Fincher? I assume. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I just I think they might there might be people who get burnt out on how many people who are dead are we nominating? You know the traditionalists <laughs> who are like they're not even going to be there. Like again, not a great reason, but also if Mank is going to underperform, I think the first place it underperforms is the script. Okay. Maybe yeah. that's a, that's a tough one. I, I I feel your reasoning, but I I don't. I mean, who's to say? Yeah. So we'll see. My number seven is Palm Springs. It's the only category we get into. Sure. But if it's gonna happen. It happens. So here now six. I have I have Spike. So I have the Five Bloods. Him mm-hmm. and him and his co-writers. Again, how many Netflix movies are gonna get in? But right. it has a shot. And I would not be surprised if we got in. And par- partly it's because at five, I have never really, sometimes always. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at a certain point, you can't fully yeah. discount something doing well with the precursors. And and yeah. that's the movie. Be- that and First Cow are the movies that people are like, oh, well, it's not going to get nominated for anything. But right. it also has the f- second or third or fourth most screenplay prizes. Mm-hmm. It has the second or third most actress prizes. Like at a certain point that, 
that has to mean something. Otherwise, you can't you can't pick and choose critics' choice, critics' awards. Either they mean something or they don't. Yeah, I think the Spirit Award nomination was a nice boost for it too recently. Yeah, and the fact that it's, that's coming before yeah, people right. are really voting. So yeah, something that like leads the way and you've probably heard of, like it's on the Academy screening room. It's not like if, uh, trying to think of like, you know, there are definitely movies that have led the way or come close to it that you're like, well, that's got no chance of anything. So don't even worry about it. This, this didn't feel like that. Well, and Hey, it's one of the best screenplays of the year. So it has exactly going for it as well. If you, if you read it, I think you vote for it also because it reads like a, like a short story. It's great. Uh, for, I have Judas, the black Messiah. You know, so so Keith comes back on clearly. Um, no, it's it's a very it's a very good script. It's a, it's a very good script. I uh, yeah, I think once you see it, you'll probably put it in the five. It's not perfect. Listen, I mean, it's I, not that is that is like my I, I gotta be last honest, memory. You know? That that's my last memory of uh, the award circuit podcast is uh, right. You know, you know, I always missed uh, the trailers and had to catch up on them right before our show. Yep. And, and the week that came out. Um, Clayton had me watch it right before and I was like, Oh my God. And I've, I've, that's been my most anticipated film. That's why I won't watch it on my phone. That's the movie I'm I'm most excited about. And I hope it's as good as, uh, as you say, I think you're going to like it. Yeah. I think, I think think it's, I think material wise, it's something you would respond to. Uh, three, I have Minari, which is the movie I'm very disconnected with this year. Like I didn't love it. Oh no, that's currently my favorite movie of the year. I, I, it's the, there's always one that I'm just like, I don't get why everyone uh, yeah. loves it. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. It's, I'm there. I hear you. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't do anything wrong, but right. I, I just watched it kind of going, this is fine. Like it's well shot and well acted, but nothing like, like, you know, the, the rapturous response of this movie made me feel again. You know, I, I didn't quite go there. Yeah. Um, I gotcha. but yeah, I, I think again, if it's getting in the picture, it's probably going to need a second nomination. It needs a second nomination, frankly. And this, this makes a lot of sense. And then uh, the the award is between my one and two, and I have Chicago 7 at two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's in. Yeah. But I don't know how quickly they already give him a second Oscar, which is why my number one is promising a woman. Gotcha. Uh, they, there is a, I mean, it needs to get in first. But if it gets in and performs like I think it might, that's that's, you know, her and, uh, you know, some of the bolder original screenplay choices. Parasite, before we knew it was winning everything. Where you're just like, oh, this is what original screenplay should be like. There's no more original premise than this movie this year. All right. What's your five? So my five. Well, one more that I want to mention that you didn't have in yours that I think at least should be on the radar is the 40 year old version. That's um, my 14. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. uh, that's a, another great one. Again, just won the Gotham's recently, I think for screenplay. So yeah. a little boost there as well. Um, did you mention soul? Soul is my number nine. Okay. Okay. Uh, for the rest of it, we had almost same movies, right? Uh, Palm Springs, mm. Malcolm and Marie, r- Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Five Bloods, Soul, My Five. Um, I have Sound of Metal at number five. I think that mm. movie's gaining a lot of steam, staying in the conversation. I mean, the fact that um, Riz Ahmed is even hanging, let alone leading, um, Chadwick Boseman for actor shows that there's a lot of love, I think, for that movie. Sure. Um, I have Mank 4. Again, that's 
I, I hear you on that feeling a little weak. Um, I think those last two spots, again, are pretty hard to figure out between quite a few. But the top three feel very safe, which mine are the same as yours. I have Minari, three. Promising Young Woman at two and Trial of Chicago 7 at one. I agree on what you're saying about Promising Young Woman. There's a reason I have to keep Trial of Chicago 7 at one, though, for now, for my for yeah. my narrative that I tell through my predictions. Exactly. We're going in, we're going in a weird order for narrative, but it'll it'll make sense as yeah. we as we yep. keep going. Um yep. let's let's speed up a little bit. Let's we can we can power sure. through supporting actress. I'm got and Miles and Steve chime in if something like particularly strikes your fancy. Um, here, supporting actress, it sucks. Sorry, yeah. it's just no other way <laughs> it to put does, it. Yeah, um, there's like eight. Yeah, like here, my I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you my eleven just to have fun with this. Yep. So my eleven is Talia Ryder for Never Rarely. Not going to happen, but great yeah, performance. Yeah, she's just not going to happen. Uh, Helena Zangle ten News of the World. I mean, again, I don't think that movie is going to do amazingly well. Uh, my nine is Saoirse Ronan for Ammonite. Nobody remembers Same. that movie. You know, right. so that's, that's <laughs> reputation alone. That movie came and went. Yep. Mm. Kind of barely came also. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not even a joke about the sex scene, guys. Right. That's, that's literally just no one saw the movie. Um, eight is Dominique. It, it kind of is both. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, Dominique Fishback, Judas and the Black Messiah is eight. She's that That's high because I just kind of yeah. need I need newer blood. So yeah, I have her um, eight. I have her. I would as well. rule her out completely. I think she yeah. kind of stands out in the movie. She, she has a very good scene, but she's very much not the focus of the movie, and I think sure. that might hurt her. Um, seven. I have Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian because she's Jodie fucking Foster. Um, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure how they respond. They're like, oh, you're acting. You know. If she was Daniel Day Lewis, she'd get nominated for farting. But you know, this is an interesting litmus test. So I really think the six that I have are the the realistic six. Uh, my six, yeah. Glenn Close. I don't think anyone has anything positive to say about that movie. You want to talk <laughs> about ones that came and went? Yeah, I mean, wait. wait so, it. so yeah, so the yeah, Mark probably has her winning. Um, the. Uh, on Twitter, there's this like small segment of the society that proclaims that the older voters love it. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, really? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something here. Twitter isn't real life. I know this is a real hot take I've got going here, but let's say, let's say I, I polled every single Oscar member I've ever talked to, not even the ones that I'm actively in contact with. Okay. Every single one I've ever, like, peed next to at an event. I'm counting them as a contact now. That's still, like, 2% of the Academy. So you, you just, you don't, you don't know what they like in that way. And if we're being honest, it's January 31st we're recording this. A lot of them are not paying that much attention yet. Mm. This is, they're just, they're so out of the loop on when things are happening that to make any bold claim that, oh, this movie's going to overperform is 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 ridiculous if she gets in she's getting in because she's glenn close and she's in a movie not because they have this affinity for the movie if it gets in the picture too then yeah we'll talk but no so i have her at six my five is olivia coleman for the father um she's Mm. good enough that it's i think even if the movie starts tanking more she's going to survive but i think it's harder to win that way uh four is amanda seafried from mank 
same issue, you know, three Ellen Burst and Pieces of a Woman. Two is uh, Yoon Yoo Jung for Minari. And my number one is somehow Maria Bakalova for Borat. God. She's one. She's the leader, I think, and and Breaker surprises. No, she's she's second behind Yoon. Yoon actually has more nominations and more wins than any actor in any category. From what I okay, so she's she's I've took tried. over then. Yeah, yeah. But but Bakalova is not not far behind her. Yeah, well, she she jumped out early on with just yes. winning every time because nobody had yeah. an idea about supporting actress. Like fuck, just go her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So what's what's your five? Um, so right, let me mention too, just right on the cusp, I have Dominique Fishbeck, Olivia Cook for Santa Metal, and then Ellen Burstyn for Pieces of a Woman, just outside my five. I have Maria Bakalova at five, because I, I have to admit, at this point, it feels like she's, at least with the critics she feels in, yeah. but I still can't believe that, because I don't know. I don't know how much a performance that is. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird and old school. Mm. Um, I have Olivia Coleman for The Father at four, Yoon from Minari at three, and then Seyfried at two. And I'm going to tell you, I got Glenn Close winning still. And the reason why is when you look at this field, I don't really see a performance that screams they deserve to win. I mean, you're putting Maria Bakalova number one, right? So, no, in no offense to that prediction, that's probably the, the right choice right now. But that's what I'm, I mean, if that's the best then holy crap, what better opportunity will they ever have to give Glenn Close her career win, if, if you will, than for right now? I mean, God, really I hope wouldn't a better be movie, but anybody. yeah. Yep, I hear true. you. I hear you, but the fact that she just lost recently to uh, Olivia Coleman, there really isn't anybody in this group that makes me think if if she get, if Glenn Close gets on that ballot, right? That's That's what it comes down to. If Glenn Close gets on that ballot, and she's up against the rest, you know, and no disrespect to any of these women. I loved you and Yoon's performance is one of my favorites of the year. I, I have a hard time feeling they'll go that way. Um, and Burson's already won one as good as she was. And Coleman's already won one. You know, I, I don't know. I look at this group and I think, man, if Clean Close gets on that ballot, this would be a great opportunity for a lot of people who love her. You know, she's that's why so many times. That's why I have her at six. It's like getting uh, Trump yep. off the, uh, the ability to run again. I'm just avoiding this problem before it even starts. Because <laughs> yeah, if she's in the five, then I probably have to move her to one. Um, but yeah. that also tells you how bad the category is, and you know, yeah, presumably you could wait till category. she's you know good in something. But you know, mm-hmm. hope springs eternal. Which is funny because supporting actor is the opposite. There's a ton of good people, but they're all so clumped together that again, fuck if I know. Yeah. Um, let's see. The problem is, so many of them are in the same movie, so. You know, <laughs> they're all in the trial of Chicago Seven. You know, and one, and one night in Miami. Miami. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So I'll I'll just say that I have like right outside what we're going to talk about. I have Aldous Hodge and Yaya and Eddie Redmayne because yeah. mm. I just don't know how they get enough attention to to be the one. Is their problem? Um, right. You know, Glenn Turman has is having oh. a moment for Ma Rainey. I so love it. he's down at twelve for me still. Just because I think that's a critics pick more than a you know a guilds and a and a and an Oscar pick, but again, takes one big win to just move right up. So, so if we say that he's twelve, Aldous Hodge is eleven, Yaya's ten, Eddie Redmayne's nine, I got Stanley Tucci at eight for Supernova. I think Twitter kind of invented that as a thing, more so than anyone else. But he is good in the movie. But the movie also tanked this weekend, so 
nobody really cared about it. And he's Except, not supporting. Yeah, it's it's co leads, but you know, that's uh I listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue one way or the other. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think I think that was a shot at like maybe we can just steamroll this race and they right. couldn't, so now it's just kinda sitting there. He wasn't gonna get in, in either category. Isn't that where the lack of theaters really hurts a lot of these films? Because yeah. You turn on yeah. your TV and you say, do I want to watch something that's yeah. up and coming and something that's in the Oscar talk? Or, oh, wait, hold on. I, there's another season of Flora's Lava. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, you could watch you could watch Supernova yes. or Mark can, can put on uh, the internet and watch John in the Three Holes. <laughs> and then there he goes, you know. <laughs> Um, so here, well, the funny problem, I've been trying to go p- through like all the contenders to like beef up my top 10 for the uh, year. And it's all these sad dramas. And sometimes yeah. you're just not in the mood for a sad drama. That's true. Listen, I was up until 6am watching sad dramas. What do you want from me? Um, funny, you, the thing we're talking about plays into number seven, because I have Bill Murray at seven, and not having theaters and not having a normal year. He, uh, I've said this a bunch of times. If there had been a normal year and A24 and Apple could have, I, I don't know, slipped him a million dollars or whatever, whatever he does things for and gotten him the campaign and like go do a couple of these events, he'd win because he'd just get people to vote for him based on I got to hang out with Bill Murray. So in a in a year where he can more easily be like, I'm going to sit at home. I think he he falls by the wayside because it is a supporting performance in a yeah. you know movie that doesn't make you want to kill yourself. And he's good. And, you know, all those things would have normally helped him. But, alas, I don't think not to be. Uh, my six is Mark Rylance. Again, Trial of Chicago 7 problem, but I think he, he stands out a little bit. And then for my five, I have Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. I have Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago 7. Neither of them are going to win. My number three is probably the, the, the biggest like rise up in my rankings I've had all year. It's Paul Racy Sound of Metal. Mm. Yeah. There's a there's if you want to go an out of the blue win. He is he is win I think in the lead supporting actor win wise so far. Um two I have Chadwick yeah. Bozeman. He is. Which again I think depends on what you're doing with your actor lineup. And my one is Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and Black Messiah. Mark chime in. So a lot of a lot of the same bubble ones, right? Yeah, yeah, Langella, Redmayne. Uh, I don't I don't know if you mentioned. Sorry, Bo Burnham for promising young woman. I have him. I have him at seventeen. But yeah, I would love it if he was higher. Okay. Yep. Uh, David Strathairn for Nomadland, Rylance, and Murray as well. Uh, my five uh, at number five, I have Race Racy. Is that how you say his last name? I think it's Racy. Yeah. Again, I had sound of middle and screenplay, and I have Racy here. I think it. I think the love around. Riz Ahmed brings some of these guys in and Racy, you know, true, true supporting role. Right. And very yeah. good. So I would, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, Bozeman for the five bloods at four, Sasha Baron Cohen at three for trash. Chicago seven. I think it's between Leslie Odom jr. Um, for one night, Miami. And the one constant I've had since August, um, was Daniel Kaluuya. And I had him in lead at first, but, uh, yeah, either yeah. way I had him winning an Oscar either way since that trailer, he just, looks so insanely good and well let uh, me let, let me yeah. tell you i i saw the movie uh, earlier this week it jumped up to my number one of the year i will oh. be like actively upset if he doesn't win because yeah. it is just a fire and brimstone performance this is the yeah. this is the kind of showy performance that like best supporting actor was made for yeah and it, and it is a supporting performance 
Yeah. So it, yeah. it fits in the category. It's not his. It's not his story. It's about someone observing him. So there's there's a lot of right, yeah. right. You get the show where you're stuck because it's somebody watching him while he's on. There are quieter moments, but it's much more designed to be that way as opposed to, you know, the the inward cradle to the grave. What's he thinking at all times type thing? So it actually serves him very well in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think as more people see it, I think that might become a very easy category, but stands to be determined still. I was about to say stands to reason, but it didn't make sense. Again, I haven't slept. Uh, <laughs> actress. Actress is... is, is Again, it's 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 top heavy, but if you look at who's like in your second tier, it's kind of crazy that there's a second tier. So here, uh, thirteen oh. Michelle Pfeiffer French Exit. I don't like the movie, and I get and I think that was a Twitter thing. Like, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer is going to win an yeah, Oscar, that's right? Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a segment of film Twitter who who worships her. So good for her, but not going to happen. Uh, Twelve Sienna Miller Wander Darkly. No one saw the movie, but you know. She's she's brewing for a nomination with was it American Woman and now this so oh my god she was so good in American Woman I, I will I will tell you that uh, Matt Pasatino asked me when I was interviewing her to mention that she um who won the Oscar that year that was Coleman wasn't it I forget who was it, it was but uh, now I'm trying to remember I, I feel like it was a less fun name. Because she, he was like, tell her that they'll they'll give you back your Oscar soon. They're just keeping it warm or some shit. And she thought it was very so sweet. So that film was, that film was 2018, but I think it came out. I in think 19? it came out in 19. Yeah. Yeah, played at like Tribeca or something. Whatever that is. Yeah, whatever. Already, the joke. She's, she still appreciated the humor of it. Um, Eleven. Kate Winslet. Remember when she was like a front winner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she was getting like the like career achievement honors they were prepping for. Yeah, not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Ten Amy Adams. Remember when we thought this would be another one she'd get nominated for and lose for? Well, we solved that problem. She just won't get nominated. Well, she uh, still got woman in the window to look forward to. So, looking forward to is a strong word for that. Nine. Meryl Streep, The Prom. Again, it's not going to happen, but it's Meryl Streep, so you have to like have her in your top ten. You, <laughs> you lose your license if you don't. Does, does having her at 20 count? Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. Uh, eight is Andrew Day. Um, wait, have you seen Billie Holiday? I did, yeah. Okay. Do you not like it also? I thought it was fine. Um, it came out the day that the Capitol, or I saw it at least, the day the Capitol was stormed. So you remember um, so nothing of the movie. <laughs> highly distracted, yes. that I will admit. And I had to pause it and come back to it. And I thought she was terrific. So, yeah, she's very good. It's uh, yeah. I've said it to a couple people, and they all agree who've seen it also. It's the same as Seaberg, if you remember Seaberg. Kristen Stewart was great. The movie was kind of uh, garbage. And yeah. she's not good enough to overcome the movie. Like, if this was a... Like, if I thought about the movie the way you do, I would have her in my five. Because they'd be like, oh, fine. It's, you know, it's fine. We'll get her in. I think the majority of people are, are more lukewarm on it. And you just, you you can't be a no-name, no offense to Andrew Day, but just to the Academy, you're not a name yet. And overcome a movie they don't care for. They just don't do that. You can be you can be a legend and do that. You can be a person they really want to get in. But other than that, you can't. Um, seven, Sophia Loren. If she gets into actress, then it's interesting. But for now, I'm, you know, same with the Glenn Close issue. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. avoiding that problem by not having her in the five. Also, the life had not being in 
international feature will probably hurt her. And then here's my first uh, surprise. My number six is Vanessa Kirby. Ouch. Don't don't hurt her in the five. I mean, she's not winning anything. She's not getting nominated anywhere yet. And that could change very quickly. But at this moment, at the end of January, now early February, and people listen, she hasn't hooked on to anything that can get her attention, which is why my number five is Sydney Flanagan. You know, I, I, I can't justify someone who's got nothing being above someone who's number two in, in wins for the actress category. I mean, maybe even number one if you count Breakthrough. You know, if, she's, if you count Breakthrough Actress, she's as, as honored as anyone this year. Um, for Viola Davis, I'm very skeptical of a win, but I don't think she's going to miss, especially if they like the movie. Right. Same with Frances McDormand at three. I, I, I mean, she's not going to miss, but I don't know about the drive to give her a third Oscar. You know, especially if the movie's getting honored elsewhere. And here's where I get interesting. My number two is Zendaya. This is a, she has to get in first. But if she gets in, just like with the Emmys, I think, wasn't she, wasn't she like, oh, right at the cusp of a nomination for the Emmys? And then when she got in, it was, okay, cool, she's in. And then she just up and wins the category. Uh, you could have a repeat. And then my number one is Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. She's as not as nominated as anyone. She's winning a lot. And as long as the film doesn't underperform with the uh, the Mark Johnsons of the world in the Academy, not actual producer <laughs> Mark Johnson, but, you know, yeah. the sort of down the middle voter. Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is, you know, stand quality wise out up there. And also your chance to make good on that first nomination. Cause I think we've, we talked about this over the years. Like when you're young and attractive and they like you, you get that first nomination yeah. fairly young. And then if they don't get to you, they kind of forget about you. You know, mm-hmm. they, they either nominate you, for Winter's Bone and then give you the win for Silver Lines Playbook or they nominate you for Junebug and then they just never give you a win. And I think she's right in between of where that's going to happen. So, I have her winning. Let me get let me guess Mark, no Zendaya in your 5? I do have Zendaya. Ooh. In my five. Who's you? Oh, so uh, Sydney Flanagan's missing for you. Yeah. Uh yeah. but in my cusp, like so my 5 right outside are Nicole Bahari who I loved in Miss Juneteenth. And I'm hoping yeah. that, you know, she just won the Gotham and was nominated for Spirit. So hoping that keeps that movie somehow in the conversation a little bit. And then I have Amy Adams, Sydney Flanagan, Sophia Loren, and Andre Day rounding out just outside my five. Mm-hmm. I have Zendaya at five uh, for now. Um, again, want to see that movie show up somewhere first. And because yep. uh, like literally, at least by my tracker, no mentions yet. It's a recent release and I think it has the same problem that. Judas and the Black Messiah has, which could turn into a benefit, right? The problem that that movie, that those two movies have of being late releases could actually benefit it here soon because there's still a lot of time left. Yeah, I'm projecting a little bit. I have seen Malcolm and Marie, yeah. On my own personal ballot, she'd probably be number one. Uh, I really loved Vanessa Kirby and Carrie Mulligan and Viola as well. But um, yeah, if she won, it would be a deserving win, uh, in my opinion. Um, I have, so Vendaya, Zendaya five, I have Vanessa Kirby four still, but I hear what you're saying as far as, you know, I, she's going to need some kind of mention here or there. Cause that film feels like it's falling off the radar a little bit. That's why I couldn't put Burston in my, my five for supporting. That's fair. Francis McDormand three. She's probably the safest bet for a nomination, but I really can't see her winning a third. Exactly. Um, 
but maybe. Uh, and then, so that's where I have it down to Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan at number one. Which is a fun, I, I, I do, I do like that we're shaping up to have your, you know, Carrie Mulligan in that sweet spot of one nomination. Does she get a win? First timers like Zendaya yeah. and Sidney Flanagan and Vanessa Kirby and Andrew Day and, you know, a couple other longer shots. And then you have your, do you want to give Francis McDormand a third? Do you want to give Viola Davis a second? Do you want to give Sophia Loren her 13th, however many she has? You know, like they, <laughs> you know, they, they, they have options. So I just don't know where they're going to go. What's, what's, it's, yeah. It's, last, last point on this. Just interesting for me right now, the reason I keep Viola so close and maybe Zendaya makes the same argument, I guess. Um, but we've only had one lead actress winner um, yeah. of, and I always hate saying this term because it always sounds wrong, but of color. Can I say that? Is that right? I mean, I mean, you Person know, color? but yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Okay, because you know. Mark, Mark just envisions being at like a like a soda fountain Whatever in the fifties, being like go. the can't say colored, can I? Like he just imagines know, right? the worst like, version. That's of how it. I. That's how every time I hear person of color, I just I think, man, colored is not. That's a racist well, term. I, I don't know. Mark, it's the perfect question to ask three white guys. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we approve. Right. You're also in Middle America. <laughs> you're not. You're not surrounded by always oh. the 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 wokest of individuals so it's, right. it doesn't doesn't so, help um my, my point being though this in, in in this year in this of all years i, I could see um you know writing that wrong and and yeah. the fact that it's viola the best uh african-american actress i think working today and um you know i don't know i could see her beating carrie especially if that movie which feels like it will be divisive with academy members um i, I could see viola coming back and winning that yeah here, we'll, we'll go to actor and director and picture because yep. Mark has to go in a couple minutes and then we'll let, you know, Steve and Miles, I'll, I'll chime in more if they have a, a take. I will just say the one thing that gives me hope about Promising a Woman so we can not have to deal with it when we talk picture. I don't think it's going to be Uncut Gems part two just because it's right. winning things. Like Uncut Gems popped up in the precursors, right. but we always kind of projected. We always kind of projected like, oh, it could do better. You know, it, oh, you know. If Sandler gets in, maybe it takes an editing nomination too. It does this, it does that. Promising Young Woman is, is I don't think, ever shut out. Then the critics, it pops up somewhere no matter what. So that's that's a help. But here. I think that the big difference between those two films, because I hear that comparison a lot, is uh, Uncut Gems, you have to prepare someone to go into the theater, an average Joe. I think yeah. Promising Young Woman is going to play quite well with more of the general audience. It's still going to have its divisiveness, but I think it's going to play... You know, if it was in the cinemas, I think you you would see a, a pretty good traffic, and it wouldn't be an art. I mean, it, it is it is in in theaters, and it did okay. But yeah, you mean I mean a real. But, but I mean, yeah. I mean the real world, you know, regular. In in the before before, yeah, um, one can dream. Here, actor, thirteen, Tom Holland, Cherry, not going to happen. But he's as good in the movie. John David Washington, Malcolm Marie, uh, maybe. That shows how how better this category is than the other ones um tahar rahim the mauritanian 11 again if people see the movie got a chance lakeith stanfield judas black messiah 10 i think he's gonna sort of suffer from from the top of the category taking up most of the space and also daniel clue you're getting most of the focus but lakeith is great yeah. you'll you'll see shit you'll see soon um tom hanks nine news of the world this is like very much a tom hanks gets snubbed uh performance but, you know, rock solid. Eight, Kingsley Benadire, One Night in Miami. I think he got hurt by not going supporting, frankly. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, 
I don't know if there's a right or a wrong for the uh, for who's the, the lead there. They're, they they have equal screen time, all four of them. So, I, I would yeah. say he's the closest to the lead out of that cast, just because he sort of drives a lot of the conflict. Sort of, but then I could also make the argument that that um, that Eli Gorey is the only lead because it's kind of centered on his. You know, he puts the plot in motion by winning the title and being there, and like he's the person who brings them together in a way. Like it's it's just it's such a divided by four cast that you know you're always gonna end up suffering somehow. And we always kind of knew Eli right. Gorey and Aldous Hodge were gonna get their short stick anyway. Mm-hmm. So they kind of did that. They kind of did it still. Um, seven Ben Affleck way back. That's you know he hasn't hit with the precursors yet. His 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 Waterloo is SAG. If they if they get him, he's still in it. If they don't, he's got a long shot. But they're doing a lot of interesting Q and A's for him. You know, yeah. they have they had Michael B. Jordan do one. They had Matt Damon. They're really pushing to to get him remembered. You know, at the eleventh hour because they screwed the pooch on that. Uh, and my six is Oldman for Mank. I have him sort of again telling my story that he that he keeps missing places. Uh, so my five is Stephen Ewan, my four is Riz Ahmed, my three is Anthony Hopkins, my two is Delroy Lindo, and I have Chadwick winning at one. So Mark, go for it. Yeah, same, same, almost about the same exact. Um, my cusp ones were John David Washington. I have Mads Mickelson for another round at eleven. Yeah. Uh, then Lakeith at ten. Tom Hanks from News of the World. Ben Affleck the way back, and then Kingsley Benadire at seven. There are six that feel like I don't know who you take out. Um, unfortunately for, for my list right now, I have Yoon missing from Minari. I have him at six, and I do have Gary Oldman in at five. Those are the two that I'm like, how can you pick yeah. between them? Um, Hopkins. Maybe, uh, maybe Affleck okay. slips in. Hope Springs Eternal. Affleck slips I mean, in. Yeah, never know. Yeah. Um, I have Hopkins at four, Lindo at three, and then I think it's between Ahmed and Bozeman, but I have Bozeman in the lead right now. Yeah, I think you could flip-flop Lindo and Ahmed easily based on if either one picks up a big win. Yep. Because they both show yeah, up everywhere. Those they're definitely... Yeah. For they sure. both They both are winning places. I don't think Chadwick Bozeman's going to win much of anything because I, for some people, I think it's going to be hard to go... I can see Delroy and Riz sitting right there, but I'm going to vote for the guy who's not there. You know, it's just like a, it's a personal thing of like, you like to see the person get the thing you reward them with. I think I almost feel the opposite where the sentiment about knowing, I think, you know, if the voters think at all, which I would imagine some of them will, um, some of them, um, but if they think about it, man, he gave that performance while dying. Yes. Like literally dying. I mean, that's, that's where adds to the, yeah, I, I was about to say, I think that that might be where you see him overperform for the five bloods, because narratively, that mm. makes that performance more interesting because he's he's good in the movie. But, you know, that went from I guess he would get in if, uh, you know, if people really love the movie to, you know, being maybe close to safe almost entirely because of the fact that, oh, this is a character who, you know, I guess we can spoil a six month old movie, right? Yeah. Like he's Netflix. dead in the movie. He's a ghost. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, like I think you watch that knowing that now, that 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 adds yeah. a lot to that performance. Not not to say he was bad before that, yeah. but that there's just so much extra that comes into knowing, like, okay, now that's ha- that that is added in. So I right. I I think that might be where he wins. I mean, again, I still have him winning. But 
I'm starting to think that that might be where we we see it happen. But it's a it's a really good category for a change, at least. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you mention uh, Mickelson at all? I think good outsider. I I, I mean I think he needs again. He's 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 the yeah, same as Affleck. Needs SAG. If SAG doesn't happen, I think you got to cross him off and and not have yeah. him near the top. Um, right. Yeah. Here, yeah. director. Yeah. Very. I've tie, okay, here we'll tie in director and picture so we can speed it up yeah. a little bit. I okay. think, uh, here, I have Chloe Zhao winning. I have Spike Lee two. I have Fincher three. I have Sorkin four. I have Regina King five. That seems like the sort of consensus five. Where's your changes there? So my five were Zhao, Sorkin, Chung, Lee, and Fennell, and just missing Fincher and King. Mm, and actually, yeah, fin- and actually, Martyr, I have pretty high too. Yeah, Fincher, Fincher could Fincher could miss. Uh, Regina King could miss because you know, unfortunately, she doesn't look like the nominees usually. Um, Chung has that same problem, so I, I don't I don't have them both in. I, I'm slightly concerned about being too diverse, just because I know it's still old white guys who vote, and I need to I need to see them do it before I can predict. You know. Um, one white dude in, in best director. Not that it shouldn't be. Not that the you know. Not that you can't find a more deserving lineup. But I, I just I I think they're gonna get conservative on you at the last minute. That's just me being. That's me being you. That's me being me being an old man. Because God knows I want Emerald Fennell to get in. And my the the story I'm telling would have her get in. But for now, I think it's it's a little bit of a close call where she misses um and then here let's do our let's do our tens in picture and we can yep. send you on your way um so sound of metal is my 11 first count is my 12 10 never really sometimes always again with the story i'm telling nine ma rainey eight promising a woman seven mank that movie has tumbled six minari five one night in miami four the five bloods three judas and the black messiah and I will say, if Trump had won, that movie would win picture. Uh, two, Nomadland. <laughs> one, Trial of Chicago 7. Okay, so not yeah. too far off. Um, yeah. I, I had Soul and the Father just outside my 10. Uh, my 10 is One Night in Miami. Right. Nine, I have The Five Bloods, uh, which is climbing because I had that like 13, 14 a couple weeks ago. Exactly. It was out of my 10 for a, yeah. a while. Yeah, getting the AFI and winning NBR you got to, I think, have it in that conversation. Now, especially I had Spike Lee in my five. I just, I had him as like a lone director kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but that takes away that. Uh, I have Promising Young Women at eight. And the only reason I have it so low is I'm just, you know, again, nerv- nervous that it meets with that that group. Seven, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is the lowest I've had it all year. Um, yeah. Six, Sound of Metal. Uh, again, I feel that that movie's coming. Uh, Mank. Five, too hard to pull that too much further down for me yet. And then the four, I think, strongest contenders are Min- uh, I'm sorry, Ma Rainey at four, yeah. Minari at three, and then of course the one that most people have winning is Nomadland. I have that too, and then I'm sticking with Trial of Chicago Seven for now. Same. Yeah, I mean, I think you're a little higher on the former, the first two, but we're right on the money on those other two. I mean, it's gonna just gonna come down to one, how many things get nominated because. Do we count this as a bad year where you get six or nine or do we count it as a good year and you get that seven, eight kind of realm? So I don't know. 
Yeah. I I it, I mean it's impossible to know. I'm I'm betting on 9. I think 9 seems uh, at least in the last 5 years 9 has hit I think 3 times and 8 twice. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and look, but yeah. Um, 9 feels mathematically mathematically 8 yeah. and 9 is what we should get. The only way you get yeah. 6 or 10 is in a weird year where things are bad and and nobody I has a consensus. It's impossible. 10 is close to impossible. Like, yeah, I think it's, the math yeah. is like super, super low to get to 10. I think the math is close to like a split, a tie in PGA. So whoops, you know, like it can happen. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're more likely to get six and than nine, six than 10. I think the, I think the, yeah. the odds are yeah. eight, nine, seven, six, ten. Yeah. Ma- like math wise, but I yeah. also don't know. And math. I think five, I think five is impossible too unless you have like exactly 20 percent or something for yeah i think five is is even more of a statistical minimal impossibility yeah yeah but you know we'll see anyway yeah yeah. and they all right cool so that's some some similarities some differences yeah so if anyone's listening and wants to hold on to this episode let's do this again closer to nomination so like you know end of next month or whatever and uh and let's see if we have any changes in opinions because we'll have some stuff to chime in. But Mark's got to go. So he's leaving right before all the silliness. So he's probably smarter I know. than Let all of us. Let me get the hell out of here before the, the, the chaos <laughs> ensues. It's like he knew. Uh, um, awesome say, talking to you guys again. Awards radar after dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome talking to you guys again. I always, uh, you know, I miss talking to you and I yeah. appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. Say where they can Thanks follow you. Thanks for joining us. All righty. Take care, guys. Thanks, Mark. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Who was that? Yeah, he also didn't. <laughs> well, he didn't say where he, people can follow him, so nobody will know. Um, Mark likes movies. On you can put media. it in on his behalf. So here's where we're at now. I want to do um, another question, and then we're going to have a little fun. So Ryan, his weekly question comes in. Glory or Malcolm X? I haven't seen either of them in a really long time. You racist. Oh, whatever. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear any people of color in your uh, Sugar and Spicy last week. And you could have used literally any color. Well, look at my top 10 of the year. All right. It balances out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll lean towards Malcolm X. I think it's just a more epic, you know, sort of grandiose, you know, yeah. you get the full scope of the story there. I'll go with Glory. I think I'm going Glory also just because I think it's shorter. They're both similarly good and way too long. Sure. So I feel, yeah, I needed a, a stupid tiebreaker. Remember the Titans or training day? Training day. So memorable. Yeah, same. Training day too. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say though, in my high school health class, you know, like sex ed and all that, they showed us tra- uh, remember the Titans for some reason. Now we know. I'm still not 100% sure why. Listen, this teacher also showed as the, as like the drug movie, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> and she and thirteen. Oh my god! So wow. listen, I was thrilled. Let me tell you, but uh, I don't know why. I still don't know why. Uh, Inside Man or American Gangster? Oh, Inside Man, classic. Yeah, Inside yes. Man. By That's far. an easy one. Fences or Flight? Flight. I know I'm in the minority, but I love that movie. Well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna second that, and I I also enjoy the movie, but Fences didn't work for me. I could not. Yeah. It was too stagey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're both fair to me. So I'm gonna go flight just for the wild sweep. 
Um, and then the blind side or the founder. Oh, I love the founder. I got to go that one. I haven't seen the founder, so I'll be going with the blind side. I, so here's where I would say if it wasn't for the Christy Republicanness of the blind side, I would go with it because I do like the movie, but there's, there's too many little bits of like the prayer and, uh, I'm an NRA member. Like, you know, they play it for laughs, but you know, I can see through that. So I'm on the founder as well. And then Ryan's follow-up. Is there a wild card performance that you think will get in at SAG that you don't think will get in at the Oscars? Um, see the conversation we just had where we keep mentioning like, oh, SAG last end. Um, I'll say wild card that gets in but doesn't translate. I'll say Affleck, even though I hope that that's something that will translate. Either of you? Um, I'll say Mads Mikkelsen. I think he's great in the movie, um, but um, I, I don't see him actually getting the Oscar nomination. But if he's going to be nominated anywhere, I would see SAG. You kind of stole both of mine, so uh, let me take a look at my list. Uh, let's go with uh, Bill Murray for On the Rocks. All right. WandaVision. Uh, yeah, episode four, WandaVision. This was uh, the reason why they only sent us the first three to watch. Um, thoughts, prayers, hopes, dreams, anyone? Um, well, you and I kind of talked about this off air, but I really appreciate that they sort of took a pause to basically answer a couple of the lingering mysteries from the first three episodes. I was kind of worried because I knew like Kat Dennings and Randall Park were going to be in it, but I was starting to get a little worried that all their stuff is going to be really backloaded. So I'm glad that we sort of took a breath from the sitcom format to just address all the various things. And now we're sort of cleared to introduce a whole bunch of new mysteries and sort of ramp up for the last five episodes. So it wasn't as fun as the sitcom stuff, obviously, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Steve. I liked it. I thought it was a good break from the sitcom board to just address the questions and like, again, to, to add more questions. Um, but I also liked that they actually revisited the snapback or whatever it's called. The blip. Um, right. The, yeah. Because that was, I don't recall if they've ever really uh, addressed it that closely. I mean, we we do we do have a better sitcom script on our hands. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The sitcom yeah. aspect of it, yeah, we we beat it by far. The uh, writing there is, you know, B minus. Yeah, no, listen, to Jack Schaefer, who worked a lot harder on that show than I did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I. Uh, I liked it, but it's also my least favorite episode so far. Though I, I do appreciate they got it all in now, as opposed to later or earlier. Like it seemed like the right time to to catch you up and be like, I think my only issue was it it answered every question I had, sort of, with the answers I assumed they would have. You know, there wasn't necessarily a surprise. So that right, was... but I think that's good because that way the obvious things aren't lingering over like eight episodes, and then we're getting like the finale that's just like back to back to back exposition that's true mm -hmm. that's fair i expected more out of the beekeeper i think that's the only letdown yeah it turned out to just be an aesthetic thing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's fair although we don't find out what happened to him not yet at least not yet indeed all right as we as we wrap up we uh bring you uh masterpiece theater Oh, I said it with a straight face. Uh, episode two of Sugar and Spicy. Music. Yes. Uh, well, listen, Steve said it last week and had to do it, and it sounded great. So now he's 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 wrapped up in this. Um, though, Steve, I think you need to... I'm going to wish it into non-existence. You're going to need to play a part this week, I think. 
Oh, no. So, Miles has penned episode two of Sugar and Spicy. And uh, for some reason, we're, we're going to read it to you. Uh, I love this exercise for some reason. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh, episode two, The Way the Cracker Crumbles, written just over an hour ago by Miles Hughes. Set the stage, everyone. Theater of the mind. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's episode finds our hero hard at work on his neighbor's swan song for House of Chards. But there's one person who is none too happy about it. Audience cheers. We open on Miles' bedroom. It looks like a bedroom. I don't know. What do you want from me? Miles is in bed, typing away at his laptop. In the bed next to him is a large, sentient graham cracker. The face of Heather Graham. Again, this is totally normal. Come on, sugar. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> Sorry for the delay, girlfriend and one-time Hollywood superstar Heather Graham Cracker. I'm almost done. That's what you said before dinner. <laughs> right, but then I took a break to eat dinner, so now I've got to make up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just hurry up. I've got a new serial killer podcast I want to start listening to so I can fall asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah? What's this one called? Gordon Ramsay's Cooking Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you fall asleep to that stuff. It gives me nightmares. I don't know what I would do if a chef caught you and chopped you up for his diabolical dish. Unless he's making some really elaborate s'mores, I'm probably safe. <laughs> what are you writing anyway? <laughs> it's an alternate final episode for this season of House of Chards. The producers probably won't go for it, but I owed Kevin a favor. Kevin Spicy, our neighbor? Isn't he like a sex pest now? <laughs> yeah, but we've recast him as a lovably wacky neighbor who's also a chili pepper for the purpose of our sitcom, so I think we're okay. <laughs> come across as a little tasteless? Not as long as we keep breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging it. At that moment, Kevin Spicy comes bursting through one of the bedroom walls, the fourth one to be exact, in a style reminiscent to the Kool-Aid Man. Did somebody say tasteless? <laughs> Damn it, Kevin, we just had the drywall replaced from the last time you did that. Sorry, sugar man. I just got too excited waiting to see your new script. Is it done? Can I read it? I just emailed it to you. Awesome. I'm going to go read it right now. And Kevin, please don't bust through our wall again. Shit's expensive. <laughs> oh, come on. What's the worst that'll happen? Heather rises from the bed. Do it again and you'll be dealing with me. <laughs> Push. I'm not scared of you. You haven't been in a major release since the 90s. That's not true. I was in one of the Austin Powerade movies. <laughs> Oh, word. So was I. Respect. Spicy makes a dramatic exit. Heather gets back into bed. Miles puts his laptop down. Did you actually finish it just now? I mean, I hadn't, but I quickly rushed the ending while he was talking. Hopefully he doesn't notice. There's a bang at their window, causing them both to jump. They look over to see Spicy climbing through. What the jalapeno are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I remembered what you said about not crashing through your drywall, so I climbed up the fire escape instead. But Kevin, we don't have a fire escape. 
Yeah, I know. I had to jump over from the one next door. Luckily, I learned how to deal with immense heights while I worked on Super Mango Returns. <laughs> did, did you fly in that movie? No, but I wanted to be on standby in case Raisin Brandon Routh had to drop out. <laughs> anyway, we need to talk about this script. You have me getting shot in the head out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. You die on screen now. That's not enough. I wanted a big dramatic monologue or something, man. Something to go out on a high note. Listen, Kevin, it's almost midnight. Can we talk about rewrites in the morning? Fine, fine. Just remember, you owe me for dinner tonight. Wait, Kevin cooked dinner tonight? Is that why everything tastes so spicy? <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> we'll talk in the morning, okay? Good night. Fine, fine. I hear you, Chief. Spicy climbs back out the window. Still don't have a fire escape. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Juju Beans. Is he going to be all right? He'll be fine. The worst ones always seem to live forever. Let's go to sleep. The two of them climb into bed and turn off the lights. They lie there peacefully for a while. Is it weird that we, as sentient food items, are also eating smaller, non-sentient food items for dinner? Like, what are the implications of that? I wouldn't worry about it. The writer sure didn't. <laughs> Tune in next time for more exciting episodes of Sugar and Spicy, brought to you by your friends at the Awards Radar. All right, we'll wrap up next week. More Sugar and Spicy, perhaps. The return of the... Uh, casting your your show and movie game which uh one of the two of you does far better at than the other but you know we have our fun and we also will have by then i believe the golden globes and sag nominations so more awards talk from you know an awards websites podcast go figure in the meantime you can imagine uh, that i know right we actually did some of that today uh in the meantime, in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, slowly. As I as I said to both of you, we're a terrible awards podcast, but a halfway decent comedy one. In the meantime, follow me at uh, Joy Magazine on all the social media channels. Follow Mark at Mark Likes Movies. Um, follow Miles. Probably not on Instagram because he won't uh, follow you back. Um, Steve at OnlyFans and at All Recipes. Yeah. I'll do my actual one. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. I'm also Marvelous Miles uh, on Instagram, but as Joey said, I never check it. And please watch American Exorcist on YouTube. It's under Aftershock Pictures. How would you rank the screenplay of that compared to Sugar and Spicy? Well, the screenplay of that has won a few awards, and Sugar of Spicy, to be determined. <laughs> so Amex gets the lead for now. I mean, we're going to submit so stay tuned of course exactly all right in the meantime i'll finally get my sag card yeah right um stitcher podcast awards probably what we're gonna end up again all right in the meantime there you go this has been nonsense with some actual awards talk thrown in for good measure we will talk to you next week <laughs>